0: she's april and she's molly and we are the book
1: besties Uh, what is your great perhaps high schoolers we are not answering all your questions for your paper
0: listen if he ever like actually listens to this podcast i like i want to be friends with you john green like please look deeply into my eyes
1: i want to be friends with you And that is pretty much 95% of my life is telling people to stop being idiots. If people were rain,
0: I was a drizzle. She was a hurricane.
1: Hey! Hi, you! I always smile anytime we say that.
0: I know, it's it's a lot of fun.
1: It's just a joyous, joyous phrasing.
0: And I feel like we could have made the decision to, like, pre-record that and just play that at the front of every episode. But I sort of like that we get to say it every time.
1: And it just, I don't know, it brings me a little bit joy every time we say it. And every time I hear it, every time I preview an episode, I know, or I hear hear, um, Tom's edit of the intro, I smile. Yeah, I know. I know. It It, makes me happy.
0: It makes me happy too. Like this whole thing. So this whole thing makes me happy. Let me just tell you, so I went back to work this week. I'm at right. a, a new school district and I'm at a new school and I'm in middle school for the first time in my life. I was a high school well, teacher and then middle schoolers. I know. I don't, I don't, I I don't know how I'm feeling about it. Um, but uh, we're back at, I'm back at work and this week was hard because it's, you know, learning a new system and learning all the things. And the only thing where I was looking forward to is that I knew that Saturday, which is today, we would be filming. And right. I was like, I cannot
1: wait to see Molly because this week, this week has been Girl, crazy. I feel like it's been a rough week for everyone. Yeah. We were watching that hurricane. We were afraid the hurricane was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's been a week. I'm sorry to Louisiana, but I'm grateful we're not dealing with another hurricane because it's just the anniversary of Harvey here. And yeah. it's just, I, I don't feel, know. I've,
0: I feel like after five years of living in Florida, I, like, we were on vacation during the most recent tropical storm that Florida yeah. got. And everyone was, like, texting me, like, are you guys okay? There's a tropical storm. I'm like, yeah, we're at the beach. It's fine. It's just a little rain. I was like, after you kind of get a mute, like, you kind I mean. Right. Just, I got a message. No offense yeah, to sorry. the people in Florida. Like, I know that, that it is devastating, that the, that the hurricanes are devastating, the tropical storms are devastating. But I think after you live in Florida, you, you just kind of are like,
1: ah. it's another tropical storm. It's fine. I got a message from a friend in the UK, and the tri- Ida was mm-hmm. on their news. And she messaged me, and she's like, oh, my goodness, are you guys okay? And I'm like, oh, we're fine. That's Let's fine. go to beach." Nola's getting hit. That's not our problem. Yeah.
0: So here's how I've been coping this week. I texted my friend Megan, who is a fan of our pod. Hi, Megan. I love you. Um, she visited with us on vacation, actually, because she lives in Florida. Nice. Um. And so I texted her yesterday. I was like, I may actually download TikTok because I feel like anyway. I just need something mind numbing, not mind numbing. And she's like, Well. Reels on Instagram is just as good, in my opinion. And if you're not planning to make any videos anyway, like just try Reels. So last night I laid in bed, snuggling my little Sammy, my youngest, and watched Reels for two hours. <laughs> and, then, and that is the. T-
1: and then the I did way. it you're again. Down a hole. I did, <laughs> and then I did it again today. Just <laughs> it, TikTok. Well, be glad you're not on TikTok because you know very well I'd just be sending you. Video after video after video after video after video. It just well, makes it I think, easier for
0: me. <laughs> I think Megan is regretting telling me to check out Reels because I seriously sent her <laughs> probably twenty videos between yesterday <laughs> and today. Um, and I just keep sending them to her and, and I'm thankful that she's not judging me and that she's actually sending me some back and um that's fun. But I I don't know. I have the song stuck in my head that I keep seeing videos for that's like, hey, how you doing? Well, I'm doing just fine. I lied. I'm dying inside. And I was like, that
1: Wait, was my week. I feel that on a cellular level.
0: Uh, uh, that was my week. I'm fine. Everything's
1: great. Nope. Dying. Dying. What's, what's the meme? It's the guy at the, it's the dog at the table and the house is on fire and he's yeah. like, everything's, everything's
0: fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. Um, That's how life. That was how this week was. I mean, I'm sure things will get better as I get more used to it. And I still have a few weeks before the students come back. But, like, definitely, definitely it's tired. Kind of overwhelming. Yeah. It's got to be overwhelming. It's hard. And um the thing is,
1: somebody else's old job and how they set things up. and Yeah.
0: And she didn't leave any notes for me. Like, I left notes for the person that was replacing me. Like, here's some things you need to know. And. Um, it's a different cataloging system. We don't really need to go all the way into this, but like, all I'm
1: saying is, is I've been teaching this for years. So you're a better human being than most people. Wow, <laughs> that's why you left notes for. I
0: feel anyway. like, I, I feel like I'm modeling how other people could be good human beings. Like this is the right. things that you should do if you're a good good human being, and those are the things mm-hmm. that I do. Um, I just realized I didn't put any lipstick on either, so we might have some like pale lips for this video. That's okay. Yeah. I
1: barely put some on. Yeah, that's all. I I also had to wake Matt up. Like, I didn't have much time to set up, so we're lucky. Yeah, this looks fabulous. Well, I was
0: running late today, which is not normal for me, but I was stuck in like a real, a real, real spiral. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really. (laughs) Um, Okay, so should we talk about what we're talking about this week? So we are doing this week. We are doing "Looking for Alaska" by John Green. And John Green is I love my favorite author. Um, last- I'm mad at him.
1: He always makes me cry. Uh, yes. It's like, um, makes me
0: cry. what's that show that we both like that I always, we always cry? Not Grey's Crazy. Anatomy. Well, yes, <laughs> but not Grey's <laughs> Anatomy. The one with Mandy Moore and
1: the family. Oh, this is us. Yeah. Man. Every yeah. single mother forking episode. This I is am us, crying.
0: This is us and Grey's Anatomy and John Green books should come with a tissue recommended count.
1: Like number, like a box yeah. number of boxes that right. you're gonna need. Oh Right, yeah. right, for sure. Because it can't be just number of tissues. It has to be number of tissue no, no, boxes. No boxes.
0: It's like a box rating.
1: <laughs> like one this, and a half. Like this one
0: half one. This one you could get a small pack. This one you need the you need the super size pack.
1: If you're reading, looking for Alaska, you need a box of tissues. You I do. will give you a tissue you reading.
0: So last week we talked about my favorite book. This week we're talking about a book by my favorite author. Um, and I'm having a blast doing banned books. Yeah. But just to remind our listeners, if you're new to the pod, this uh, we're in the middle of a series. This is the second week of our Band Books Week series, Band Books Month series. So we'll right. be reading five books for the month of September, and the first episode, which was To Kill a Mockingbird, pre- premiered last week on August 31st, so technically it wasn't in September, but come on, it was one freaking day.
1: Um, Depends on what calendar you're <laughs> using.
0: <laughs> um, go back and listen to it uh, if you missed it. Um, it was definitely not our funniest episode, but- I think it, it was one of my favorites we've recorded so far. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. So um, we are talking about banned books, and that can be a little bit more on the seriousness. Um, But if you missed that episode, go back and listen, because we talk about why that book is banned. And um, so can I go ahead and give a synopsis of this and also um, explain why this book is banned? So um, this book is about a kid named miles who is very john green esque i he's never said outright that this character is based on him but miles goes to a it it lives in florida orlando florida where john green is from and he goes to a boarding school in alabama that john green also went to (laughs) and his best friend and roommate uh is based off of John Green's best friend and roommate. So I don't know. I'm guessing Miles is pretty much John Green. Um, (laughs) Semi-autobiographical. Right, right. Um, So basically what this book is about is Miles' first year at this boarding school. Um, He meets a few people. Oh, his roommate's name is Chip. And he goes by the colonel. Um, He nicknames Miles Pudge, which is supposed to be ironic because Miles is a super skinny, lanky guy. Also like John Green was as a teenager. By
1: the way, when I think of Pudge, I I, I was going to talk about this later, but when I think of Pudge, I think of Pudge the fish from Lilo and Stitch. And I automatically have that tirade from Lilo and Stitch. And you can't give him tuna fish! He's uh, a fish! <laughs> I've only
0: seen Lilo and Stitch once, so I'm not sure I even know what you're talking about, but thank you Be for audacity. The I know, right? <laughs> um, and uh, Miles and Chip are also friends with uh, Takumi, who is another student there, and the titular character, Alaska. So basically this story is... <laughs> I don't want to call it coming of age because I don't know that that's really what I would describe it as. It's definitely realistic fiction. Um, High hey, school melodrama. Seriously. Um, it's about miles year there. And a lot of pranking happens. Um, a lot of uh, sexual sort of things happen because they're teenagers. There's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of smoking cigarettes. um, I don't think there was ever drugs except the students that got kicked out prior to him going there. Um, but basically the story is about uh smoking, lots of smoking. Um we basically the story is a countdown yeah. to a major event happening. And I'm not gonna tell what the major event is yet, but it will be Part of my first question. So there's a major event that happens in this book and we're counting down to it the entire time. And then after that event happens, we are getting the, the countdown to the count up after it happened. Um, and it's about the school year. And maybe that doesn't sound like a great explanation about what this book is about, but I highly recommend reading it <laughs> because, okay, I can't do it justice.
1: All right spoilers we're gonna talk about this whole book we're not gonna say spoilers Mm -hmm. this book came out when april
0: um i want to say let me see it came out in 2005 i was gonna guess 2005 so
1: 2005 okay this book has been out for a good long time Mm -hmm. yeah no we are not gonna do spoilers on this no and i and i
0: think we've reached a point in our podcast where we're just gonna stop telling you spoilers if you didn't read the fucking
1: book Why are you to the episode? We can't help you. (laughs) I mean, if you want to just hang out to hang out, but we, okay. High schoolers, we are not answering all your questions for your paper. If that's why you came here, because you're writing a paper on a looking for Alaska, honey, this ain't the episode. (laughs) Also,
0: I don't think anybody, well, there are people that might assign this as a read, but let's talk about why this book is banned in the link below in the comments below I will link to two different maybe three John Green videos so for those of you who do not follow John Green um, he and his brother Hank run a channel called the vlog Brothers I highly I recommend, recommend it so hard. They've been having uh, their channel has existed since like the infancy of YouTube, and it's blown up so much, and um, YouTube has evolved so much since they. And started, they do
1: Crash Course
0: as well, right? They have so many different channels, a part of that are part of the Vlog Brothers uh, yeah. entity, but um, they actually created uh, <clears throat> the. Um, I can't remember what the conference is called, so I'll put a link to it below. But it's basically like a conference. For youtubers, and um they oh, the cre- streaming yeah it's it's all sort not no, it's not that i'll I'll put a link below it doesn't really matter, but um they they created this conference because you know they are like early influencers, which they feel yeah. weird about saying because most people who are quote unquote influencers you are, are, are people in their 30s and 20s, and John Green is 50 now, so
1: that's weird. But I, I, I'm more of a Hank fan. I find Hank hilarious. Where I prefer John. <laughs> um, oh, so, that's well, our friendship. Anyway, it, so, no. <laughs>
0: right. so anyway, these videos are going to explain why Looking for Alaska was banned and how John Green actually feels about it. Um and and obviously we can't show these videos on our on our podcast. We can't play clips of these videos like they're proprietary information. So instead we're going to link below and please um watch them. But this book is banned because of one scene. Uh, there are other reasons why parents have questioned it um and it's usually parents. Uh, the, the smoking and the drinking that's that's part of it. Um the language eh, but the one about scene sex. Right. The one scene that gets it banned is that Miles gets a blowjob from his girlfriend.
1: Oh, my God. I made Matt listen to the scene with me over after I heard it on the book. But what John Green talks about in these
0: videos is how absurd it is that the book gets banned for the blowjob right. because there's no intimacy in it. It is a very awkward interaction Whoa. that he has, and which his girlfriend, um, what is her which name, which is
1: real life
0: Laura, uh, does or Lara, Laura yep. doesn't doesn't know how to actually give a blowjob. So he's never had one. He's never had one. He's a virgin when he goes to the school. I think he's still a virgin. Well, yeah. When, when he, they leave, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he uh, he's never had one. She's never given one. She just decides she wants to do it, which what the fuck are teenagers doing that? Are they just making the decision? Yes. I want to put your dick in my mouth. Cause that's not me. Um,
1: so <laughs> yes, this is the, that's, that's what kids do. <laughs> that's so, <a> oh, <laughs> I, I, oh gosh. So, um, so
0: she doesn't know what she's doing. So she literally just puts his penis in her mouth and just
1: has it. Waits for something mouth. to happen. <laughs> she
0: doesn't do anything. She doesn't move. She doesn't, uh, I mean, we could get graphics. She's not doing anything but holding her, the penis in her mouth. Like, that's what she's doing. And they realize that that's probably not what you're supposed to do. And so they go and ask Alaska, who laughs at them, because she is very sexually experienced. And she thinks this is hilarious, which it is. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. And she tells them what to do. And then they go back and they do that. Um, And that is why but- this book gets banned. However... The same day that Lara gives Pudge, Miles, his blowjob, Miles falls asleep snuggling with Alaska. Yeah. And tells her that he loves her. And the moment is incredibly intimate. It's incredibly connected. And what John Green says in this video is that teenagers can disseminate that the scene of the blowjob was less what you want than the scene of the intimacy and the snuggling. Right.
1: So, but the book is banned because blowjob. Well, I was reading what I was watching it and they called them a child pornographer. They did. Which is just which is ridiculous. Right, right. First and foremost, this is happening in high school. Yeah. This is happening in high schools. Yeah. You're telling me there's not one friend that is more sexually experienced than the other friends, and they go to them and ask questions? You're wrong. Well, and I feel and- like, so this book came out in 2005, and
0: um, I think it's kind of obvious that the kids are in the late 90s more mm-hmm. than anything. Like, they're not in the 2000s. They're in the 90s. Right. Um, and by the way, the Hulu series, which we'll talk about a little bit later, has a fantastic soundtrack definitely amazing. Really? Amazing. But um, these kids are, these kids are pre the internet making porn so accessible. And I don't think that there are like 16 year olds strolling around now that don't know what blowjobs look like, because I'm just assuming everybody has seen porn on the internet. Like, how can you keep them from it? It's everywhere. You know what I mean? Right. So the access is too easy. It's very easy. Which is why my kids do
1: not have their own computers, even though they're little, because, <laughs> no. no. Girls don't use their tablets unless they're in the uh, in the homeschool room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, okay, so now we have a little bit of information about this. And so let's start the question. So I want to start with this countdown, Molly. So I know that this was the first time you'd ever read this book, correct? Right. And so for me, this was like, I don't know, fourth time, I think, fourth time, something like that. Yeah. Um, I've listened to the audiobook and read the physical book and the ebook. Which ebook? Will
1: Mother Forking Wheaton narrates. Yeah. Like, I, like, lost my I love Will Wheaton. Yeah. He, I love Will Wheaton. I've been oh, a does fan. he
0: narrate that? I forgot yes. that. Oh,
1: my gosh. I forgot. He
0: narrates Ready Player One, too, which we're going to be covering in January. Um, yeah. And he, he's fantastic he's a great
1: he's narrator. fantastic in that. there he actually so
0: is, good in this there actually is a secret version of the audiobook for looking for alaska that's john green narrates really i don't know how you find it though maybe if i figure it out i'll put it in the comments below but there's a video where he like made it for fans john
1: green look
0: us up <laughs> <laughs> listen if he ever like actually listens to this podcast I like, I want to be friends with you, John Green. Like, please, and, uh, look Hank, deeply into my eyes.
1: I want to be friends Hank, with you. And pretty, I, I follow Hank on TikTok, mm-hmm. and all he pretty much does is p- tell people to stop being idiots. Yeah. And that is pretty much 95% of my life is telling people to stop being idiots. Yeah. So I feel like there's a good, there's a chance well, if I, I could sit down and drink and yell at people and tell them to stop being idiots. <laughs> I, I
0: feel like I relate to John Green more than I relate to Hank, um.
1: But uh, I want to be friends with him.
0: <laughs>
1: so so okay. So I we, mean, that's great as such writing advice that I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. So the they, countdown.
0: The countdown. So this was your first time. So um we don't know what we're counting down to, okay? I was suspicious, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. There are all these illusions that we could be counting down to the first time that he gets to kiss Alaska. I assumed there not. are all these illusions that it could be something traumatic. I assumed um, it was suicide. A, a, like Miles' suicide? No, Alaska's. Well, I don't think you were yeah. too far off the mark. No. Um, so how do you feel like this year, this countdown shapes Miles' first year at the creek?
1: I being that he, the countdown is like post date right well he's counting yes i think i you know, i
0: think it's told it's told um in present tense but i feel like right.
1: this is more reflective of what happened yeah right and i feel like um like the countdown is like if he was my my thought bubble is on this is he kept a journal right to tell mm-hmm. the story and then After the fact, he went back and started the countdown after, right? As, like, as, I mean, that's how I foresee it as a person that likes to write and imagine how the writing process goes. So, like, he's mourning Alaska. Like, we're already mourning Alaska, I feel like. As soon as you see those countdowns, we are mourning something. Yeah. His own death, Alaska's death. some like, it feels morbid to me. So I
0: feel like the, I'm sorry to interrupt your thought here, but I feel like I was looking at it very optimistically. Like I wanted this to be a love story. I wanted miles in Alaska to sort of have that chance to be, to -hmm. be something. And so I thought we're leading up to that moment where miles actually gets the girl. And that's also not too far off the mark because the same day, that Alaska yeah. and Miles kiss for the first time. We have a very tragic event, and we've already said we're not going to... It's spoilers. Who cares? It's super tragic. Um, where Alaska dies while she's mm-hmm. driving under the influence. So the countdown is actually... There's both of those things happen that day. So how does that really
1: shape his first year there? How's it shape? I feel like... It's a rough reality for him. Mm -hmm. He went from... He went from not having friends. Like, Mm -hmm. when we first meet Miles, when we first meet Pudge, his mom has this big going away party for him. She thinks he has all these friends. He has no friends. And he knows. And he has no friends. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of okay with that. He's resigned to the fact that Mm -hmm. this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And he's cool with that. Mm -hmm. And when he gets to school... That all changes, yeah, and so, for his social dynamic to change, and one he feels like he's part of the the cool kids, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's part of the in crowd,, mm-hmm. and two, he's he's made bonds with kids for the first time, right, so I feel like this really changes how I think he'll see the rest of the world, yeah, you know,, mm-hmm. and for I really sure. think that changes how he's going to approach school from there on out too, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that answered your question well. I'm sorry.
0: No, I do think you are answering my question. Um, So, I mean, for me, I think it's the the answer to, to me is in the question. This is the first year that he's had friends. You're absolutely right. It's also, the event of Alaska dying and the event of him kissing her the first time, I think that is what his entire year is about. Right. Um and and you and I talked about this through text message. We both had uh people we knew in high school who died tragically, tragically. in car accidents. Um, two people I was in marching band with in concert band, but marching band was really the thing. And it was during marching, it was during pep band season. Mm -hmm. Um, they made a really stupid mistake to speed and jump a hill and lost control and hit a bus of kindergartners. It was my brother's bus head on. And went under the bus. So they died on impact. Right. Um, And it was devastating. I mean, whenever you have a tragedy at your school, it's devastating. When that tragedy at your school is wrapped up in a club or something like marching a band. small school. A small school. Yeah. And mar- our marching band was what? A hundred, not even a hundred kids. Probably like 70 kids in oh, the marching God. band between the four grades. um, Like... We just, it was devastating for us, you know? Yeah. And that scene when they find out that Alaska has died um, and they're all in the gymnasium and Miles keeps saying, Alaska's not here. We can't start yet. And their principal, um, their principal, whose name is Mr. Starnes, but he goes by they call him the Eagle. Um Yeah. Mr. Starnes just starts crying and then tells them anyway, because the truth of the matter is I've lost students as well. So I've been on both sides of it, Mm -hmm. being a a teacher and a student, losing friends. Um, The impact, it's astronomical. It is. It sits with you the rest of your life. It's that point in your life where you realize um, we're not infinite
1: and we're not invincible. And life is fragile. And so I had, the girls that died in my school, Toga Center is very small, like very small. Mm -hmm. I graduated with the same handful of kids I went to kindergarten with. Right. Joelle and Colleen were in the backseat of a car and the driver ran a stop sign on a very busy highway on Mm -hmm. 17 C and they were T-boned by a truck going 60, Mm -hmm. 55. The girls both died. Yeah. Um, Now, I was an intimate, close friends with the girls. I knew them both since fifth grade. Right. Um, I had classes with them. But because of how small and tiny that community of our school was. Right. It impacted every single student in that school. Right. And this was sophomore year. Not a lot of us. We didn't have cell phones yet. Right. And the news was just two high school Tiger Center sophomores dead. Right. And the area it was, I thought it was my best friend Stephanie, because she had a date that weekend. Mm. And I didn't know it wasn't Stephanie till I walked into school that morning. Right. And I instantly started crying. I was grateful my best friend wasn't dead. Right. I was grateful. Right. But- At the same time, we had still lost two classmates that were important to everybody. They were kind people. They were lively people. And it's just that effect rolls through the town. It still rolls through our town, right? And Mm -hmm. and they were in field hockey. And the mm-hmm. field hockey team took it the hardest, right. and, as you can right. imagine, because right. they lost their best friends. Right. You lose your teammate. And that's hard. It it's just right.
0: it's still devastating today. So something we haven't talked about yet um, is that Miles is obsessed with last words. Um word, which is super
1: creepy, by the way.
0: But also I have a note on that. John Green again. also likes last words. Um again, creepy. Right. But um, I'm just going to read this quote um, from the book that has to do with Alaska dying and last words. Because I was fine before Alaska. I was fine with just me and last words and school friends and you can't just make me different and die. For right. she had embodied the great perhaps, which we also haven't talked about that yet, but we'll come back to it. For she had embodied the great perhaps. She has proved to me that it was worth it to leave behind my minor life for grander maybes. And now she was gone, and with her, my faith in perhaps. I could call everything the colonel. I could call everything the colonel said and did fine. I could try and pretend that I didn't care anymore, but it could never be true again. You just can't. You just can't you can't just make yourself matter and then die, Alaska, because now I am irrevitably different and I'm sorry I let you go. Yes, but you made the choice. You left me perhapsless, stuck in your goddamn labyrinth. Damn. That's freaking deep. Deep. It is so deep. So and-, and there's a lot in there that we didn't talk about, but when Miles goes, he goes because he's looking for the quote-unquote great perhaps, which is, right. um, I, I go to seek the great perhaps. It's the last words of someone else. And when Ala- and Alaska's obsessed with getting out of the labyrinth, labyrinth. Which, is, which is another book that that's the last words of, but not, a, not nonfiction. That one's a, a fiction book. And you left me perhapsless stuck in your goddamn labyrinth. That right there. Is how you absolutely feel when you lose somebody close to you.
1: Right. And now the labyrinth is a metaphor for life, Mm -hmm. right? Well,
0: that's my next question. What is the labyrinth? So you say life. life.
1: I think there was a lot about Alaska we didn't know. Mm -hmm. I wrote literally the mystery that is Alaska Mm -hmm. because I feel like she's a child of trauma. Oh, she is, she, absolutely. She totally should have been in therapy. That yes. girl needed help. And I think she used sex as a way to find emotional connections and to feel loved. Yeah. Which, there's nothing wrong with having sex. <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with having those feelings. But using sex to cover up greater, deeper, struggling emotions.
0: It was a coping mechanism, for sure. It was a,
1: Exactly. That's where I have the issue yeah and she would give not just Pudge but the colonel and the rest of the gang mm-hmm. little snippets of who she really was, right, and then when as soon as she got too real, she'd brush it off well, I mean it was a joke, and but, it was just, yeah, sorry,
0: go no, go ahead, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. keep going
1: it, it, like she brushes it off right she mm-hmm. she shes in suggests a prank, let's mm-hmm. go smoke, you know mm-hmm. she just will do anything to deflect from right. the fact that she was finally sharing something real about herself.
0: Well, and the colonel knows her since they were freshmen and they're juniors at this point, And he didn't right. even know that Alaska's mother had died when she was a child and she saw right. it happen. Like her mother dies of a brain aneurysm right. and Alaska doesn't, doesn't call 911. And so she's still holding that against herself right. years later. That as a seven year old, she didn't, didn't call 911. Um, but that's not her fault. I mean, a brain aneurysm actually killed a friend of mine a year ago and there's literally nothing you can do about it. No. I mean, these whole, like Derek Shepard isn't real. Like no. <laughs> if you have a brain aneurysm and you don't know it's there, it's going to kill you. It's a time you. bomb in your brain. Um, yes. So she really shouldn't have held that against herself. But all right, so you think the labyrinth is life, so how do you get Death. out of it? Death. Death? Molly, yes. that's like...
1: <laughs> um, well, I, okay, if we're speaking from Alaska's point of view, mm-hmm. if I'm talking as Alaska, mm-hmm. the way she focuses on it, hyper-focuses on the labyrinth, yeah, and how do we get out of this thing? She is talking about her life. She wants to know how she needs, how does she get out of her life? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And she is is hurting so much. And all she's thinking about is getting out of it. She's talking about ending life. She is talking about suicide. She's not straight up saying she's suicidal, but that's how it feels. So I've had suicidal friends. I've had friends who have committed suicide. And this is how they talk and sound. So you believe that... Well, because she's also quoted as
0: saying the way she'd get out of the labyrinth is straight and fast. Yep. you believe that Alaska
1: killed herself, that she made that choice? I think she chose not to hit the brakes. I don't know if she fell asleep. I don't know if she saw an opportunity. I mm-hmm. don't know if she just let guilt and emotion and alcohol take over in that moment. Yeah. I cannot assume to know what John Green wrote in that moment. Right. But I believe she committed suicide.
0: I I don't disagree with you. Um for me, I think for her the labyrinth was life and the way to get out was uh, you know, hard and fast. Um and I think that that points to her own trauma. Um I think for sure Part of me doesn't like oh, the way that the character of Alaska is written. And I feel like John Green got better at writing female characters as he's grown as an author. Uh-huh. She's the, the typical cool girl. You know, she's hanging out with the boys and she's smoking and she loves sex and she loves to talk about it. And she's drinking. And like, I don't really feel like that's a realistic person. I think that's the I knew idea. that
1: girl growing up.
0: Wow, to me, that's the what the boy wants you to be, and not so much what you are and it makes me think of Gone Girl, where she's like "I was just tired of being that girl yeah. Yeah. um i don't I don't know that oh Alaska- I need
1: to go on our list by the way, Gone girl who good book,
0: yeah, we should definitely add that to our list um I don't know that she necessarily did intentionally kill herself, but I feel like the way that Alaska lived her life was very whatever is happening in that moment. And she didn't think beyond that moment very often. She wasn't driven. That's trauma. Right. That is
1: trauma. I've been in enough therapy. That's trauma. (laughs)
0: Yes. And the only thing in her life that she did plan out was her life's library, which was this collection of books that she was going to read in her lifetime um, and then left very much unread. And side note, related note, John Green has started a life's library, which is a book club. So we're not sponsored, but I plug that because, uh, if you are a John Green fan and you want to join a book club and you don't want to be a part of our book club, which you should be, because our book club
1: is awesome. Um, (laughs) wait, no, we will start a book besties book club. You're not driving, joining our private one. We don't need random strangers in our personal book club. That's true. (laughs) We, we, we probably need to consider a private, a a public
0: facing one. We
1: love you guys but we get a personal life too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um,
0: So my person, me personally, my personal belief of what the labyrinth is for Alaska is definitely life and how I really think it's more her trauma. How do you, how do you escape your trauma? Um, Personally, my labyrinth is my anxiety disorder. And I felt this, this week really hard. How do I escape my own thoughts? Um, And this is one of the reasons also why I like John Green, because he has OCD and he talks about that very publicly. Um, And he has several videos and he wrote a book from the perspective of somebody that has OCD. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have my anxiety disorder presents with some OCD tendencies, like I don't go and clean things. Like if you find me cleaning things, it's just because someone's going over like that's not my thing. But um, organizing and the librarian in me really enjoys that OCD. But this week was hard. Um, I'm an introvert. I just get adopted by extroverts like you. And um, you're welcome. <laughs> thank, you. Um, thank you. And uh, I had to extrovert a lot this week, and so I had trouble sleeping, and my anxieties were really, my anxiety disorder was really at a, a at its peak. Um, And so that's my labyrinth. How do I get out of that when it's my own thoughts when it's my own, um, you know, and and I'm not somebody that's uh, that my anxiety disorder makes me feel suicidal, like my anxiety is not presenting as depression. I mean, it has before, but it isn't currently. Um, I worked very hard on that. Uh, But I can see how Alaska's I think that she has depression. I think it's very obvious in this book that she is clinically depressed. She had enough trauma in her life to warrant that. And I think in the end, I don't know that she made the decision right there. I'm going to kill myself or she fell asleep, but she is impulsive enough that that could have been the reason that she died. Oh, for sure. And miles and, and the Colonel are trying to evaluate if she was suicidal. So they keep like doing all this research of like, this is they're what they're blaming themselves. They are blaming themselves because, because they knew she was felt. drunk. And not only did they let her go, but they helped her get off the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, But they're trying to find evidence that she was suicidal. So they're looking at things like giving away stuff, talking about death and all that stuff. And Alaska wasn't presenting that way, but those aren't always the way that people present when they're suicidal, you mm-hmm. know? You think about somebody no. like Robin Williams,
1: who killed himself. But that was and nobody. Robin Williams killed himself because he learned about his illness.
0: Yes, but that was an that was a, a decision that was made in that moment. He wasn't mm-hmm. giving things away. He wasn't right. You know what I mean? He wasn't making plans was to kill himself. Right. So that's how I feel about Alaska. She wasn't making plans to kill herself, but that opportunity was there. Um and she did die. Yeah, she did die. Um All right, so let's talk about the next question I have for us. Uh what is your great perhaps? Ooh.
1: I don't know. I sort of love that question, by the way. It's more of a what if for mm-hmm. me, how I read it. You know, I guess my possibility of this writing career you know getting published self-publishing having people like my writing having people you know but I have to be brave enough to venture out there and put myself out there yeah and I barely have the strength to share my work with the people that live in my house so (laughs) so that's the great perhaps for me yeah I think
0: I think for me How do you
1: define it to you? How how does it define to you? Like
0: I think I'm in the middle of my great perhaps. Um That's wonderful. Yeah, so I I um we haven't talked about this on the podcast before, but I struggled with infertility uh, uh for many years. Um we didn't know I sure did love. Yeah, we didn't know that I had any issues when we got married. Um, and found out three months into our marriage when I thought I was pregnant because I hadn't had a cycle and like, I must be pregnant. I have all these symptoms that in fact, I wasn't pregnant, that I had two different, um, fertility issues, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is very common in women, um, and, uh, a thyroid disorder. And both of them make it incredibly difficult to get pregnant and stay yeah. pregnant and carry a baby to full term and actually deliver a healthy child. Um, and, uh, we tried for two and a half years before we even got pregnant with James. And I know women and men who are listening to this podcast, if you are still in the middle of a fertility struggle, um, I am not at all the expert on this. Um, and I am not at all, um, if you've chosen to stop your journey and and find and seek another path to parenthood, be it adoption or what have you, um, I am not at all minimizing what you did. What I wanted was to have biological children that I carried. And um, we had three different doctors tell us that wasn't going to happen. And um, two and a half years later, we got pregnant with James and um, I had a very difficult pregnancy as Molly knows um, I was hospitalized. I was several, there. Yeah. I was hospitalized times. several times. Um, and I was on bed rest for a great deal of my pregnancy. Um, I was very sick, but we had James and he was healthy and um, he's wonderful. He's magic. I love to say that about him that he's magic. Um, he and is then, magic. He yeah. is your magic baby. Yes. He is my miracle. Um, and then three years later, we tried again and actually got pregnant relatively quick that time and had Sammy Sam. Cake. And um y literally just yesterday Tom was like, What would the world be without Sam in it? And I was like, People need Sam. They need a Sam because he is like all He's the good things. He really He's is. such a joyful little he dude. He really is. He's such a joyful little dude. He really is. He has all the good things. Um and they're both my miracles. And so I feel like my great perhaps was motherhood and like I'm living that now. I have these two wonderful children who I love um unconditionally. And
1: let um, me tear it up over here, you ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Um, it, it, it's very beautiful. So that and I remember,
0: that's I remember to me your is struggle.
1: It. Yeah. I remember your struggle. I remember being there. I remember it all. And you remember, came to the
0: hospital once when I was hospitalized because. And I made Matt bring over food the yeah. other time I couldn't come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and our friend, our friend Heather, we have a mutual friend Heather mm-hmm. who brought like pillows and all sorts of stuff. Like,
1: she also did a lot of, um, she did a lot of praying with you, which mm-hmm. I thought was important for you at that time. Yeah. Um, she was, she was a very, she was a very good friend to us during both of us during that time. I remember getting pregnant with Livy and feeling awful. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing what you guys had been going through and, and you guys well, didn't necessarily <laughs>
0: want anymore.
1: <laughs> I was, I, I mean, Piper did try killing me. Right. So, right. um, for those that don't know. I had eclampsia during labor with Piper Addison. Mm-hmm. Um, I had two seizures in labor. Mm-hmm. After um, after she was born, the doctor looked at Matt and says, "You're lucky; they're both still alive." Yeah, and and you I didn't even
0: his, you didn't even hold her until she was like a couple days I, old,
1: right? Um, that was. I had my first seizure Saturday morning mm-hmm. in my apartment in Corpus. I woke up Monday morning in a hospital room with a baby that you didn't know. With a know baby you, you that even, was in yeah. that was in a NICU. Mm-hmm. Piper ended up having a stroke mm. at some point in utero. Um she had a dormant brain bleed so they were concerned that there was going to be neuro yeah. difficulties. They um were watching her heart and her lungs and she was full term but because of the preeclampsia right, that I right. didn't know I had right it it was bad. Um, and I'm
0: sorry to I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like what a testament to the brain of babies that Piper is freaking brilliant and has no like she has no remaining residual issues from that at all, and she's like so, so freaking smart,
1: so freaking smart. So this is so funny. So they referred us out to when we transferred here. Mm-hmm. They um, referred us to a child neurologist here. And he was young. And Dr. Busapalli, I will praise. Anytime do- anybody talks about a uh, child neurologist, I will always praise this man. Mm-hmm. So they made us go see Dr. Busapalli for a year straight mm-hmm. on every. If we had a well child, we had a do- visit with Dr. Busapalli.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And he would check all of her brain function. And I remember our last her uh, her twelve 12 year checkup. He looks at us, he looks at her and he goes, "She's healthy as a horse." He goes, "If she falls and doesn't get up, call me. Other than that, have a good life." <laughs> and, and not even like eighteen months later, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this. It was around Christmas she had a lung infection and she ended up having pneumonia, and we ended up have, having an ambulance take her to the hospital. And we're in this hospital for, like, three days. Not Mm -hmm. even, like, but just enough to get our oxygen levels back. And on day two, you hear running in the hall. It's Christmas Mm -hmm. Eve. There ain't nobody there. Right. You hear running, and then this man goes streaking past our door, like, and then he stops and runs back, and he goes... What happened? It's freaking Dr. Busapali. He saw her name on the nurse's board and thought the worst. And he Aww. goes, why didn't you call me? And I go, it's not our head. It's, and he goes, it's oh. her not her brain. <laughs> She's still cognitively fine. <laughs> yeah. That's a great doctor. That's awesome. Yeah. It was funny. So, yeah. But, and when, and when she says we weren't planning live, we found out we were pregnant with live. Two weeks before Matt had a vasectomy schedule. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, I mean, we didn't plan to have kids after James either. And then we changed our mind and had Sam. And I often think about how, and I'm sure that you feel this way too in terms of live. I often think about how incomplete our family would have been without him. Like, oh, the world without Tater would be
1: weird. She is yeah. Lucille Ball reincarnated. Yeah. That child is hilarious. She, she has is. a big heart. Anyways, we are totally We're off subject. Topic. We went all mom and like, but but
0: <laughs> that is. I feel like that's my great perhaps, and I'm living that now. um, Motherhood and that. Um,
1: I I don't want to. I don't want to take away from my children. I think my children are beautiful, but mm-hmm. I feel like maybe. Their purpose in life is bigger than mine. And yeah. I think possibly, I mean, you've met my kids. Yeah. I think those girls are going to change the world. They've already changed our worlds. Yeah, like, why wouldn't sure. they change, you know, everybody else's? Yeah, world? absolutely. Um, okay. Moving on to the depths of Alaska.
0: <laughs> I. Uh, so this is kind of uh, a big part of this book. Is is the the kids play pranks on each other? Which I mean, yes, I imagine. I mean, that happens in any high school, but I imagine especially if you're at a boarding school, like well, and they're so far happen. away
1: from the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like they have to figure out how to entertain themselves. They do,
0: yeah. So, did you have a favorite
1: prank from this book? I don't know. I I don't know. They made me uncomfortable. Really. Yes, Um, I'm more of a confrontational person when it comes to um, when people get up in my business, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're very – and there's a very much us versus them thing when it comes to the kids that live in town versus the kids that live Mm -hmm. at the school, right? Yes. And a lot of the pranks are an us versus them prank. Yes. And instead of sitting there pranking someone – if if i if i were in their shoes instead of pranking someone i would be like in somebody's face right and like what the hell's your problem right you know and i i just i don't know i feel like it's a it's a great way to like entertain yourself but i yeah. don't feel like it's a great conflict resolution you know uh i mean i yes i agree with you i'm not
0: really one for pranks either but I think the prank um, where they do a pre-prank to do the actual prank, my favorite part of that is when Miles and Takumi are running through the woods, letting off all these firecrackers, and Takumi yes. puts on a hat that's a fox. <laughs> and he says, I'm the motherfucking fox. And he just, like, Takumi, oh, he, he, just keeps, he just keeps going, I'm the motherfucking fox. <laughs> and, like, that's what empowers him. And I think... That is really funny. And um, it's just, it's, I don't know. That was probably my favorite of all of them. Um, I do not like that they duct tape miles like mummy style and throw him in. That the lake. upset
1: me so much. Like she he could straight have up died. Could have died.
0: Right. That's not a prank. That's
1: not a prank. Um, no. so. And especially to get back at the Colonel mm-hmm. when the, Miles had nothing to do with anything that had happened to the colonel mm-hmm. post-date, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have a theory about the colonel. hmm He, the colonel is a, okay, so he's obsessed with nicknames, right? hmm He nicknames everyone. Everyone. Except Alaska. Everyone. Alaska. That but is really she, her name. That is really her name, which she got to pick. She got to pick Which is hilarious. It. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he gave himself a name of power Mm -hmm. and he grew up with nothing and he Mm -hmm. is very clear that he is going to leave this school Mm -hmm. and he's gonna get a good job and get, or go to a better school Mm -hmm. and get a good job and buy his mom a house. That's his only dream. And it's his only dream, which Mm -hmm. is kind of beautiful Mm -hmm. because, you know, where he grew up, he he grows up and he lives in a trailer park. Lives in a trailer park. And for him to be like, that is his dream. It definitely just shows that mm-hmm. he wants to let people know that even though he doesn't have money, he is powerful. Right. And giving himself the name the Colonel, when right. he's obviously not a freaking colonel, is just an interesting way to show right. power without having power, right? Right. He's a great character. Um, I
0: think he's really well written. I think that John Green writes the Colonel with more care than he takes with someone like Laura. Right. Um, and I do think I still I I love this book. Um, it is one of my. So John Green has wrote written I think six books of so seven if you count the one nonfiction he just released. I think that's right. Um, and this is top three for me. Um uh, the other two we'll probably have on the pod. I, I would love to read um uh the num- The Fault in Our Stars, the which Stars. I think would be a great chance to have Katie back on again, who was a fantastic yes. guest last week. Yes. Um or was that two weeks ago? That was two weeks ago. Um weeks ago. and uh the other one is um Turtles All the Way Down, which is the main character has O C D and Um both of those are written from a the lead char- the lead character's point of view and it's a it's a girl it's a teenage girl yeah and i feel like he got much better at getting in girl brain i don't mm-hmm. think alaska is a complete character i i think she's a she's a caricature of what teenage boys want um and i and, and, and i think well possibly and i think maybe that masked um her tragic ending because I think the boys wanted her to be something that she want didn't want to be. wasn't actually. And mm-hmm. that they're looking at her the way that they did. They missed the fact that she was actually deeply hurting. Right. Um And so maybe that was a really smart choice. And maybe I should be talking about it. I don't know. But
1: <laughs> John Green's brilliant. I love him. Um, I, and- I, so how, what, how do you feel about the nicknames? Um, like... So
0: I think uh, the the Colonel, you're spot on there. I think it's a, it's a position of power. They say it's because he plans the pranks um, and he's the prank master, but I do think it's more of, he, he's also described as, as short. He's not a very tall guy. Right. Um, Napoleon syndrome. And he's got Napoleon syndrome. And uh, yeah, I think that you're absolutely right on that. Takumi doesn't have a nickname. Uh, That's his name. And Alaska doesn't have a nickname; that's her name. But but Miles gets Pudge. So why only those two having nicknames? I don't know. But I do like the fact that they become described as an old married couple because they've been. Which together it for it long. fits
1: so bad. Mm-hmm. It, it is so fitting because yeah. I mean, you've been roommates with someone. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like if you yeah. don't get along with them. It's hard. But yeah, somebody that you like end up living with that you like you Mm -hmm. get a platonic marriage instantly right like so it makes sense
0: i want to share another quote with you from the book um this is miles describing alaska and this is actually one of the most famous quotes from this book along with i seek the great i go seek to seek the great perhaps which is hanging on my wall in my office um If people were rain, I was a drizzle, and she was a hurricane. Thoughts?
1: Accurate. Yeah. Accurate. I mean, she... Alaska knew who she was, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's referring to. She knows who she is. She knows what she wants Mm -hmm. out of life. And, And, you know, Pudge, Miles doesn't know who he is. No. And that's kind of why he came to that school is to find mm-hmm. out who he is. Right. And for him to explain it that way, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. And it makes a hundred percent. It makes a hundred percent sense. Sorry. There's the word. Words yeah. are hard. Words are hard. Um, I just found in my notes, I'm sorry
0: to backtrack to this, but we were talking about um, how they, we believe that she, was depressed and had trauma. Mm -hmm. She actually tells them I, and I quote, I am a deeply unhappy person. Say girl. So she's never, she's never tried to hide it exactly. Right. But they think she's just moody, which is also, which is also stupid teenage boys. Like girls have emotions that aren't tied to their period. But also,
1: you know, okay. So I'm going to defend John Green here for a second. If Alaska were to hang out with just girls, mm-hmm. we as a community are more sensitive to other others. Mm-hmm. If we send something's off, we go, "Hun, what's going on? Right. Why are you upset?" What tell? She chose to hang out with boys, knowing that there is nothing more than surface level. What's going on on the surface is exactly mm-hmm. what's going on. She knew hanging out with teenage boys, they're not going to ask the deep questions. Yeah. And Miles came along and started picking at that shell. Yeah. The only reason I think she never shares anything because she knew they weren't going to ask. She can't be authentic with them. and right. and, and
0: she... She's okay is, with that. She doesn't want to be authentic with anybody. No. Yeah, I feel that. Um, so I do have like a last question for you, which is have you... Precursor to that question. Have you read other John Green books? Or was this the first one? Uh
1: this is my second. My first was A Fault of Our Stars. A Fault Our another Stars, book yeah. you may need to read. Yeah.
0: What do you think of his writing style in general? I enjoy
1: it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Um it's definitely something to inspire to. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of information, but mm-hmm. it's quick pace. Yeah. Which it's like him. It's like his videos. Yeah. It's a lot going on mm-hmm. in a short period of time, but you definitely see his signature. Yeah. I think it's
0: very obvious when I'm reading a John Green book that I'm reading a John Green book. Like, he has a very mm-hmm. clear voice as an author, which is very, oh, yeah. very important. Um, Why I love his books. My students, when I was a high school teacher, introduced me to his books. Um, really? Yes, I had a few kids that were very into him. And this book came out in 2005. It's very emo-friendly. Yeah. All the emo kids were, were reading, looking for Alaska. Um, and uh, I like it because a lot of people think YA has to be saccharine sweet and sugar-coated and dumbed down, for lack of a better word. And John Green makes you work for it. His books are full of vocabulary that's flourishing and uh, beyond... Um, beyond the expectations of teenagers and they work at, at uh, reading them. And I like that about
1: yeah. him. It, it also scratches an emotional level that they sometimes mm-hmm. don't want to pick at. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like it has, it gives them an opportunity to talk about a feeling and emotion and read about feelings and emotions right. that they aren't always prepared to talk about. Right. And I think that's important for kids. Right. Right. Um, so lastly, just really quickly,
0: um, lastly for me, and then if you have anything you want to share, um, I know you haven't seen the Hulu
1: series, right? No, I watched the trailer and then I started diving into spooky month books. So I really haven't had time.
0: Well, no worries. I watched the Hulu series when it first came out, um, and I have to say, I think it was a great adaptation and I I sort of wish that all books were made into miniseries instead of movies, just because then. How'd you feel
1: about the casting? I
0: thought the casting was really good. um, And I will put a link to the IMDb below um, and maybe I'll share this video. I might be sharing a lot of Vlogbrothers videos, but I don't give a crap. um, There's a, there's a (laughs) video that John Green talks about the casting and how when the book was written, um, the two main characters weren't even, like the people that play born. the characters, they weren't yeah. even born yet. Which, like, first of all, makes me feel like That's funny. Very old. Um, but because as I was, was already saying. a teacher when this book came out, but um yeah. but uh I I thought the casting was really good. Um the actor who is cast as the colonel is an African American male. Um and that to me was surprising because I never pictured the colonel as black. I always saw short white guy in my head um and i i guess because i was i mean i was being very stereotypical of the trailer park white trash was what i was going with um and having when you grew up with it right exactly (laughs) and having it be a a black male was surprising to me but the actor who played him he could have been purple and i'd have been like damn he is absolutely the colonel so um yeah i thought it was really great well cast uh the series was on point. They do have a warning at the beginning of each episode because their TV shows are not showing smoking anymore. And um, they do in this show. They show smoking and drinking. Um, and, wow. And that's not really happening. I mean, even adults aren't really smoking on TV anymore. Right. So, um, but I thought it was really well done. Um, I was The only part that disappointed me is when you read this book, you don't know that Alaska's is going to die. And the series starts with the image of a car crash.
1: Spoiler alert, jerk cases? Right. It doesn't
0: show Alaska being in there, um, but it does the whole countdown like like the book does. So it insinuates it. So it insinuates that this is someone's going to die in a car accident. So that part I did not like. But everything else, I thought it was really well handled. I liked it a great deal. Um, And I thought the casting was spot on the girl who plays alaska i do not know her name i've never seen her in anything else um but they could not have picked a better alaska she is 100 percent alaska um so yeah and the soundtrack is amazing because it's like 90s music that's my jam so
1: right um, same did you have anything else you wanted to share um the only thing one i'm mad at you for making me cry on an airplane well, I didn't tell you to read it on an airplane, so. <laughs> I listened to this audio book while traveling to and from my sisters. Um, so I definitely was crying next to strangers because it was Matt's turn to ride with the girls. And then two, oh my God, Ambrosia. Hmm. I, I was near up chucking every time he talked about this. Yeah. Milk and vodka? Milk and vodka. Milk and vodka.
0: Yeah, it sounds so bad. So bad. But at Klua we're fine, <laughs> right? Like I think it's I think there's like a play on a white Russian there, but like that would be yeah. cream and not vodka, and like I don't know, it was oh so gross. Oh, it was so gross. Like it actually looked like at some points it was like chunky too, that <laughs> like separated. Ugh, super gross. But you know the kids were trying to hide their alcohol. I mean there <laughs> there were girls that literally cut a Bible open and put a flask in it. So I mean. Teenagers. I mean,
1: same boo, same.
0: <laughs> I don't want to hear that, Molly.
1: <laughs> Molly, oh God, I'm, I'm going to
0: make you go to church now, okay? <laughs> you think I've owned a Bible. That's funny. <laughs> oh, now I have to send you a Bible. Like, what are you doing to me?
1: <laughs> no, we don't have I don't have time for that reading. I have a list for now until <laughs> next May. Do
0: <laughs> so I need to, like, put the Bible as a book for the podcast?
1: No. <laughs> I love you, but no. <laughs> Pot over <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I I see why parents are upset, mm-hmm. but banning it is not the way to go. Mm-hmm. This book is honestly it's important because this is what kids do. Mm-hmm. Kids drink on the weekends. They smoke in the bathroom. Like I mean, do these I didn't
0: do those things, but I do realize other people do. Right.
1: And you were obviously not the normal kid.
0: <laughs> I mean, I had a really great group of friends. Um, my best friend, Dawn, my other best friend, Dawn, was a part of that group. And our friendship has even flourished into adulthood. But we were not the drinkers and the smokers and the partiers. Like, we had a lot of parties, but we were not, like, drinking. Um, and we were all, like, in honors classes. At, like, I don't know. We were all the smart
1: kids. We were nerds. I mean, we were nerds. I was a nerd, but in a different way. I was awkward and weird. and My ADHD was out of hand and chatty and... yeah. I was extra anyways. Okay. That's it for a looking Alaska.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely I do want to encourage all of you to watch the videos linked below. Definitely. Especially the video where he talks about why we should stop banning books. Um, he makes some very valid points about letting librarians do their fucking job, which thank you, John Green. Word. Just let me do my fucking job. um, And, uh, yeah, this, we're, we're done. We're a little bit over this week, but we did better than we did last week. Um, and I'm super proud of us and keep reading along. Next week, besties, we are going to cover this book called Drama by Raina Telgemeier. I probably need to look at how to say her name before we have a podcast, but um, this is actually a graphic novel. So this is the first time we're going to cover a graphic novel on the pod, um, and uh, we're going to talk about that why that one's banned. Um, and pre-warning for those of you who do tune in for that episode, we are going to be talking mo- less about the book and more about banning books and how that process started, or, or how you get that process started, and, and why we should fight against banning books. So that's going to be a lot of our next week. Um, Molly, I love you. I love you. I love seeing your face. Thank you for being Every the week. best part of my week this week. Like truly. Don't Uh tell your kids (laughs) to come for me. (laughs) Well, you know, snuggling Sam and watching videos on Reels was pretty great, too. Uh, But you don't have to wipe my butt, so. (laughs) Right. Well, I don't wipe theirs anymore, either, because they're pretty grown now. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, I always love talking to James about random crap. That kid, he's a wealth of knowledge, and I love him so much. I bet. He's a lot of fun. Uh, But anyway, thank you, besties, for joining us. Don't forget share, like, subscribe, follow. We are gaining followers. We are gaining subscribers. It's happening every week. Um, and and we're really excited. And thank you so much. Yes, Yes. please, please, and share us. Um, it really does help grow the channel. Um, does. And and yeah. So, all right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was Looking for Alaska by John Green. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow the book besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the book besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com. In this episode, we discuss suicide. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.